Welcome to the Better With Wine podcast. We hope to make your day or evening or morning, whatever, better with wine. I'm Elena. And I'm Gracie. And we ferment and filter all this gritty info for your drinking pleasure. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our Pinot Grigio episode. Yay! Super excited. Episode four. Yeah, we're getting into I'm loving it. I <laughs> finally feel like maybe we have a little bit of a rhythm. Yeah. So today is January 1st, 2021 for us. Yes. We are recording these pretty far in advance. Mm-hmm. And... It just feels so good it's to be in a new year. Yeah, I don't know if I've quite processed it yet. I don't know. I worked New Year's Eve, of course, last night in the restaurant. We were crazy busy. So I think today I'm like rest, recover, reset, which is great for the first day of the year. But I'm mm-hmm. also just kind of like, I don't know what day it is. It does not feel like Friday. <laughs> yeah. And we posted a whole lot of, um, we just posted how to open a bottle of sparkling yes. wine, a video of that, which was really uncomfortable. Oh, it was so cute, though. Uh. And informative. <laughs> I loved it. Miles loved it, too. And then we had that idea of doing, like, stories of, like, how to purchase sparkling mm-hmm. wines. And that made me feel really uncomfortable <laughs> being on, on stories. But I feel like it also got very some really cute. good It got some really good feedback. So yeah. I think we might continue doing stuff like that. Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is we we keep coming up with ideas. It's like, we want to make all the wine content. Yeah, and... and, and that story idea came from actually a suggestion or a question from a friend. I was like, well, that's actually a really good thing to put on the mm-hmm. Instagram. Thanks, girl. So, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> Shout, Shout out. out. <laughs> um, so, any if, if you guys have any other, like, questions or even ideas of something that you'd like to mm-hmm. see, please let us know because we'd love to be active on Instagram. It's really yeah. hard for us to show our faces. Yeah. It's really, I mean, I'm definitely why we, not there yet. It's why, <laughs> it's why we chose podcasting as our platform. Elena's better at it, at least. I at least like you're it. good at it. I'm not good at it. I think you are. So, okay, let's go ahead and start talking about Pinot Grigio. I'm down. I got to say, um, I came into Pinot Grigio like, I really like it. I like drinking good ones. Uh, I find Pinot Grigio when you're drinking like just an average one. It's just boring. (laughs) Um, And I didn't really realize how rich the history is or like how unique the styles of Pinot Pinot Grigio outside of Italy are. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to learn something today. I was just pretty impressed. I thought I knew quite a bit, but I'm an idiot sometimes, and I think that I know things I don't <laughs> We're know. We're not perfect. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I got a lot of information from all of this, and so I learned quite a bit from Yay. this. So I'm really excited. I am too. Um, I will say that because there is so much information, I've skipped a lot. So this is super summarized. Right. Please know that. Yeah. And this uh, whole season is. This whole season is. <laughs> We're really trying hard to keep it basic. Keep it basic and also keep it interesting. Also true. Yeah. So yeah. highlight all the fun stuff yep. without giving you too much crazy information. Absolutely. So to start off with, we to well, I'm going to review a little bit. So we actually talked okay. about Pinot Noir last week. Yes. And um, we learned that Pinot Grigio is a mutation of Pinot Noir. Yes, we did. It's just the it's just a mutated color form of it. Um, and Pinot equals pine. That means pine. Right. And Grigio is Italian for gray. Oh, right. Because Pinot Noir, Noir was black. Grigio Correct. Is Grigio is gray. Uh, gris in French is gray. And then um, if, if you talk about Germany, it's Grauburgunder. So Grau is gray. Oh. Um, and then Grauburgunder. Grauburgunder. I love that word. <laughs> it's a great word. Uh, Pinot Blanc. Blanc is white. So. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so P- 
Pinot Grigio is a white grape, but it actually, in color, it produces white wines only. Right. But in, um, in like, when you actually view the, the cluster, it's a grayish purple color, which is kind of cool and pretty. Yeah, it's I really agree. pretty. It is really pretty. It's a cute, cute little grape. Yeah. So, um, again, review, because it's pine, it, they're really close, tight clusters. Okay. That's, um, yeah, that's constant. Gotcha. Yep, consistent throughout all of the different mutations. So, it is an old grape. It is, just like Pinot Noir, it is an old grape. It was grown in Burgundy since the Middle Ages. So, think um, 1200, 1300, you know, I guess, what is Long it? Time Long time ago. Long time ago. Uh, it spread from Burgundy, France in the 1300s to Switzerland, and then it traveled down oh. to northern Italy. And so it just kind of That's kind of traveled all the way down. Yep. Okay. And from there, it just became super popular planting grape in that area. Uh, and, and the grape variety, just it just exploded over uh, in northern Italy. And so when we're talking about northern Italy specifically, it's the Veneto region. So um, right around Venice, and mm-hmm. it's that region only. So it's the most northeastern region in Italy. Yes, love it. General flavors that we're going to look at. Uh, actually, let me talk about this. Grow It grows in cool climates, so it matures earlier with higher sugar levels. So you can have a sweeter Pinot Grigio. Oh, I don't think I ever have. Maybe. Maybe well, I feel like the sweeter <laughs> Pinot Grigio, and this is where I... The dry ones is, are definitely more popular. Wait, yeah. Well, and I thought, right? in my head, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. In my head, though... If it was a sweet Pinot Grigio, it was a bad Pinot Grigio. Yeah, that's true. Or it was it was a poor production right. or, you know, super cheap Pinot Grigio right, where right, people right. are wanting, you know, like... That makes sense. But that, that was in my that head. Used to, yeah, that's how we would associate Correct. it. Correct. But there are really high quality Pinot Grigios or Pinot Gris that are... Right, right, right. High, well, let me say this. It's actually Pinot Gris. Yeah. That are... Um, and I'll get to that in just a second. I was going to say. Okay. I'll get to that in just a second. <laughs> so that are... Um, meant to be sweet they're intentionally sweet but like um so cool climates they do mature earlier with higher levels of sugar um and the flavors will vary greatly depending on the regions they're grown in and the style they're intentionally made in so um general flavors to look for are going to be lime and lemon green apple nectarine and almond so you definitely want that bitter almond in there for sure sometimes it can take on some saline like minerality and honeysuckle Mm. or some honey uh, it is an early to market wine. So what that means is it's bottled and out on the market within four to twelve weeks after fermentation. Wow. So it's that's real a cool quick. little fact. In and out. Yeah. In Drink and it out. right away. <laughs> yes. um, a, that's really quick. It is. Wow. It is. Like one to three months, I guess it was. So um going back to other names of it, so we have Pinot Grigio, mm-hmm. which is what we are all familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's from Italy, Pinot Grigio, and then we have Pinot Gris, which is the same thing. Exact same grape. Exact same grape. It just has a different name (laughs) or different pronunciation, different uh, language. It is French, which is where it originated, as we learned. Mm -hmm. And then we also have Grauburgunder. So that's German. German. Grauburgunder. Now, the one thing that I will say, it is not interchangeable. Pinot Grigio and Pinot Gris are not exactly interchangeable. It turns out that, and this is something that I didn't know, I thought it was outside of italy it's called pinot gris yeah that would make sense but it's not oh it is kind of but yeah. it's it's primarily the style okay so that, pinot that makes sense because yes. california they make pinot grigio or Correct. whatever yeah and so it's actually the style so the pinot okay. grigio style is very light almost watery mm-hmm. crisp very fresh dry it's very dry mm-hmm. Very uh, mineral forward. Super easy drinking. Super easy drinking. 
Pinot Gris is the French style, so something you'd find more in Alsace. So Alsace has a little sweeter. It has a little bit more honeyed flavors. The the fruit comes out a little bit more. It's definitely more fruit forward. Right. You're going to get a lot more fruits from it than just the green apple, lemon, and nectarine. Right. Um, And now I feel like Pinot Grigio isn't a super, like, crazy aromatic no. Grape? Is that for both styles? Pinot Gris is going to be a lot more aromatic. Oh, it's going to be... Cool. It's really cool. A little more complex, I guess. Way more complex. Okay. And it's because it. the intention is that it is... It isn't more intense. It's grown and made with the intention of being more fruit forward and sweeter. Cool. Okay. But not like sweet, sweet. It's just a just little Just like a sweeter. touch of residual sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... The regions that Pinot Grigio and Pinot Gris will grow in... Uh, are going to be France, Italy, Germany, Australia, New Zealand, and the United States. Wow. There are a few more, but I'm not going to get into those. I'm just going to focus on these pr- primarily. Uh, starting in Italy, Pinot Grigio is what it's called. Um, it's going to be grown, like I said, in the very northeast region where Venice is, uh, Lombardy region, Ultrapo Pavese, and Alto Adige. Yep. <laughs> Friuli, Venezia, Giulia. All right. Friuli, Friuli. Gine- Friuli Venezia, Giulia. Venezia, Giulia. I love speaking I think with an Italian accent. That I have no wild. good one. I think Alto Adige is one of my favorites. Alto Adige. Alto Adige. Ultrapo Pavese. Friuli, Venezia, Giulia. Or just... Friuli. Or Friuli. <laughs> yeah, we just call it Friuli. Um, these Crazy. are going to be light-bodied, lean, and light in color. Almost so white, light in color that it's almost like water. It looks like wow. there's water in the glass. Super, super light. Crisp and acidic and very mineral forward. Yum. Next, we're going to talk about Alsace, France. This is where, um, I mean, it. it's just north of Burgundy. It's right on the border of Germany and France. Really cool growing region. It's known for the mm-hmm. Riesling, but they also grow really nice Pinot Gris. Pi- primarily, the Pinot Gris is meant to drink early in general all over the world, but Alsatian Pinot Gris can actually age well. Mm. So if you wanted to age a Pinot Gris, the Alsatian okay. Pinot Gris would be a good one to age. Cool. One of the only regions in the world that makes a sweet style of Pinot Gris uh, is in Alsace. And these, specifically, Alsace is known for doing a late harvest picking. Uh, and then they can uh, sometimes they include botrytis in it. So cool. I'm going to pause and talk about that for a second. I love it. We're going to talk more about <laughs> late harvest and botrytis. Yes, this is getting into, into dessert, dessert wine. wine. Yeah. So dessert wine, whenever you make dessert wine, you want the grapes to fully ripen past, like almost past ripe mm-hmm. to the point where the sugar, it's the grape is entirely sugar. Wow. So yeah. there's so much sugar in it. And they super sweet. And late harvest goes into frost sometimes. Yeah. Botrytis happens during late harvest. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a fungus that grows on the grapes on the cluster during that late harvest um, time frost period, time yeah. period. And we, you know, fungus sounds gross, but we eat mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So just think of it as and a, cheese. I mean, and we eat cheese and yeah, blue cheese and, whatever, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So that's all f- fungus. So botrytis is a really good fungus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that grows on the grapes that whenever it's ferment, whenever the wine is fermented with botrytis, it it brings in some really cool honeyed it's flavors. Wild. It's so it really yummy. It transforms the wine. It really transforms the wine into really interesting stuff. Yeah. So Pinot Gris in Alsace, when they sometimes when they choose to do the late harvest uh, style of Pinot Gris, it will have sweet lemon candy flavors, mm. honeycomb, honey crisp asp apples. 
honeysuckle, just all the honey. I love it. Uh, saline, and then it'll that that botrytis will add some ginger and clove to it too. So cool. It is it is really it's way more complex. It is way more yes, but it's such a cool style of wine. Now, like you might think, oh, I hate sweet wine, whatever. But if you've ever had one, it just might change your mind about but, sweet wine. Well, here's the thing. And when it's we're, not, yeah, and it's not when you would drink every day, all day. It's like a treat. It's like a, right. it really is like a dessert. Here's the thing about, I don't like this. Yeah. The reason why we don't like something is because we're not familiar with it. Yes. Or you just haven't had it. Or you haven't the right had way. the right way. <laughs> yeah. So I always find that I can say I don't like something for this reason, mm-hmm. but I can appreciate it for what it's supposed to be. Oh, for sure. And so with sweet wines with Botrytis, mm-hmm. if I didn't know what that was that I was tasting, I would probably say I didn't like it. Yeah. Just because I was unfamiliar with yeah, it. Yeah, and you didn't know. And I didn't know what that was. But knowing what it is, I can say with 100% certainty, I am obsessed with Botrytis. Oh my God, and I think too. it's wonderful. It is so cool. And they actually call it the noble rot. It wouldn't have such a great name if it wasn't such a great thing. (laughs) Right. So it's just, um, it's a really, really cool thing. And I think when you learn, when you actually like learn what stuff is, if you don't like sweet wines, try and like deduce what it is. And when we go through dessert wines, Mm -hmm. we'll deduce what certain flavors are and we'll understand and appreciate the style of making that wine. Right. And you can say, okay, this is a really good dessert wine and I can taste why this is so good. Maybe I'm not going to choose to drink this all the time, but I can appreciate it. I love it. And that's the purpose of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And just to say, like, so you don't say, I don't like sweet wines. Like, and put a blanket statement over that. Right, because that can include a lot of things. <laughs> and it includes way too many things. <laughs> a lot of wines. So, okay. Sorry. So Pinot Gris in all sauce can be made dry or sweet. It can be made dry or sweet. It is considered Pinot Gris because it's French, but also um, has the Pinot Gris name or title has adopted also that sweet association that style so whenever you see pinot gris outside of france or outside of italy or wherever right it you're going to associate it with more of a sweeter full uh fuller bodied so more of a medium to light medium bodied right pinot gris instead of the very light watery almost pinot Pinot grigio cool so germany Grabagunder. Grabagunder. I have to say it every time. Grabagunder. 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 It is a Pinot Gris style. Okay. So that means so that obviously a little bit more complex, a little bit more a heavier body, a little slight, slight sweetness. Um, it will have a really nice balance of that acidity and slight sweetness. Uh, there are two general, I guess, three general regions that it, it grows. Um, the Rheinhessen and the Pfalz regions mm-hmm. in Germany are going to be more light-bodied with dry and fresh. So it's borderline to the Pinot Grigio style. But then there's the Baden region, which is the richer, fuller-bodied, more sweet, and it's way more fragrant. Oh, okay, so they do both. They do both, both. styles. Very But cool. they call it Pinot Gris all over. Okay. Just because they still have that. It still has that sweetness. Right. But one is a little lighter-bodied and a little bit more fresh, whereas one is a little bit definitely more towards definitely. that, like, late harvest style. That's cool. Yeah. Um, flavor profiles that come out of Germany a little more than other, way more than other areas or regions uh, pear almonds are huge mm-hmm. in germany pineapple will come out mm, of germany tropical fruit super tropical and then a lot of other nuts too so not just almonds but you're gonna get a lot more other nuts too cool um new zealand is considered pinot gris 
So this one's because it's more fruit forward. It does have a touch more of sweetness, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be as sweet as your French or maybe even your Baden German. Okay. Pinot Gris. So Hawks Bay and Gisborne from North Island, Central Otago, Nelson, Marlborough, and Waipara in South Island. Okay. Over 100% increase since 2006. So noting this, it did take in 2009... Uh, it took third most planted grape in New Zealand. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I think so, too. Because we were talking about Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir there, and mm-hmm. those are very popular. Yep. So that must be the third. Is that what you so said? that's the third. Cool. Um, so this is, like I said, Pinot Gris style. So very fruit forward, more bold baked pear, apple, honey, and some spiced characteristics. That's awesome. Super cool. And then the last area that I'm going to talk about uh, is USA, because obviously we can't leave out the U.S. <laughs> it is actually super new to the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's grown in 1960, or it was brought over in 1965 by Irie Vineyards. It didn't become popular until the 90s with King Estate Winery. I'm sure mm-hmm. most people are familiar with King Estate Winery. It's very popular. Uh, they made it their mission to produce high-quality Oregon Pinot Gris and put it on the map in Oregon. I love it. So Oregon, central and south coastal areas of California are the two, I guess, the main regions that you're going to look for with Pinot Gris. Um, when you're looking at California, especially in the south southern coastal areas, you're going to see Pinot Grigio. For sure. Yeah, that's definitely popular. So it's not wrong. No. Mm-mm. It's not wrong to be called Pinot Grigio because it's the style, the style. of Italian Pinot Grigio. That's cool. I never really realized that. I always just kind of thought California is good at stealing doing names for marketing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so I was like, oh, they're just putting do. Pinot Grigio on the label. I mean, it probably is the grape, but... They didn't adopt. It's, I mean, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. See, Gives I them a little that. more credibility. Absolutely. <laughs> so it is the style of Pinot Grigio. So it's going to be a lot more light bodied, um, bright, crisp, fresh, um, what, lighter in color. Uh, so it's more similar to that Italian style. Um, Oregon is going to be more medium bodied with pear, apple, melon. Uh, and and yeah. So another that almond too, probably almond for yeah. sure. Um, California, you are going to add a little bit more of that white pepper and arugula, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That's fun. So the last thing I want to talk about, again, I could talk about Pinot Gris and Pinot Grigio forever, (laughs) but the last thing I want to kind of talk about is food pairings. Yay. I love doing food pairings. Me too. I think this is super fun. So um, white fish, you want to do, so Pinot Grigio, Pinot Gris, I mean, white wines in general go so well Mm -hmm. with fish and seafood. Mm -hmm. Um, all the seafoods are going to be tilapia, you know, haddock, uh, seafood, mussels, scallops, oysters, um, white meat. I personally opinion uh, here, <laughs> it, it's a little boring. So like chicken and turkey, it's kind of boring. It's fine, but I don't, yeah, I could see that. I mean, you have to make sure that the sauces and the herbs and everything exactly. go with it because like the all meat itself, the it's not about the meat. It's about like what goes with it. All about that sauce. Um, cured meats, pork and duck specifically. Mm. You don't really want to do beef cured meats. No. Uh, and then cheeses, they want to do semi-soft uh, form of cows and uh, sheep's milk. Okay. Nice. So think Gruyere, Munster, and Grand Padana. And salads. Salads and Pinot Grigio. Salads. Pinot Gris. So if you want to do vegetarian, so I personally am vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking at vegetarian cuisine, um, honestly, cauliflower, broccoli, yellow squash, some mm. of like that really yummy uh, garden fruit Ooh, like or garden veggies. squash and zucchini. Yeah, Sounds absolutely. Um, cucumbers, mirepoix, or anything with a mirepoix, mm-hmm. which I don't know if it, if you don't know what that is, it's carrot, onion, celery. It's that magical trio. <laughs> Kale, green apples, melon, 
and all of the herbs. So like yeah. any of the herbs that you can think of that goes so well with all those veggies. I'm thinking of specifically, I know it sounds kind of random with all those veggies that I mentioned, but like I'm thinking of a really yummy herbed grilled cauliflower steak mm. with maybe like a lemon cream sauce mm. and add in like a lemon sounds a Waldorf really salad. Yeah, that sounds really nice. I think that would be really, really paired or paired very well with a Pinot Gris. I want like a crostini with like a whipped goat cheese and like some dried cranberries on top. It's oh, so yum. random, but that's what's coming to mind. Like I want something creamy in my mouth because I'm going to wash it down with something light. I love that. And acidic. Yeah. That's so where my head's at. <laughs> also for the Pinot Gris styles closer to Alsace in Germany, mm-hmm. um, you want to do maybe a little, so like heavier styles of the Pinot Gris, uh, seafood with heavier cream sauces. Mm-hmm. Um, pastas and lamb also goes well with um, oh. the Pinot Gris style. Pinot, the the ve- true like really heavier Pinot Gris styles Yum. from Alsace and Germany. So. I bet they eat a lot of lamb there. I wonder if that's why. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's all I have. That's great. So fun. Isn't it interesting. I thought I I learned quite a bit. I did, yeah, I did too. And if anything, now you know that Pinot Gris and Pinot Grigio are the same exact grape. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I learned that they were different. I thought it was just a language thing. I thought it was a language thing, and I learned the style. So that was yeah. very interesting that's to me. Awesome. Love it. Thanks, Elena, for all that wonderful information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for some fun Okay, facts. I was going to say, we're moving right along. So I started our little fun fact segment with basically how we've been starting all of them with International Pinot Grigio Day. Uh-huh. And I did look up to see if there were two, Pinot Gris and Pinot Grigio Day, but uh-huh. there's just one. Oh, well, Do you want to guess? <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess it's like in June. Close. May 17th. May! I was going to yeah. say May was my second guess. May's okay. a great time to drink it is. this wine. So I think that is very fitting whoever did that great job. Um, so a couple of my fun facts are just quick little tidbits. This one I thought was really funny. Um, so if you have read or know about the Wine Bible, it's one of our favorite references on our website, one of our favorite books. Love Wine Bible. And as I was brushing up on my Pinot Grigio knowledge, I thought it was hilarious because she calls California Pinot Grigio or Pinot Gris the wine equivalent of a basic white t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. I was like... Man, she nailed it. <laughs> that is the best visual. And I love that she put it in her book. Like, because I also love a basic white t-shirt. And yeah. especially after this, I love it's like, and a it Pinot really, Grigio. And I was going to say, it really is perfect because it's like, I don't know. I don't want anything like too crazy, too loud. I just want to be comfortable. Pinot Grigio perfect. as your go-to. So I was like, that's That's the beautiful. best. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cool. All right. Um, let's see. So we talked about Oregon. It is the leading white grape in Oregon, like you said. So I have a little story on Papa Pino. His name is David Lett. And okay. he got the nickname Papa Pino in Oregon because he was pretty much responsible for bringing Pinot Noir and Pinot Grigio to Oregon. So in 1967, um, there was a photo of him and his wife, Diana. They were in Dundee and they had their European cuttings in the newspaper and they had bought this 20-acre prune farm, and huh. they decided to get rid of prunes and plant some screw wine grapes. Prunes, <laughs> yeah. screw, p- screw prunes. Yeah, I want to. I don't want to drink prune juice. I want to gr- drink fermented grape juice. I love it. Yeah, so Oregon was established based on its terroir, which we've talked about, and Lett was considered the father of Oregon Pinot. Wow. Papa Pinot. That's so fun. Papa Pinot. I just hope there's He's a wine cute. named after him. I know. <laughs> he did pass away in 2018, so oh. rest in peace, Papa Pinot. Thank you to, for everything He didn't have did. to see 2020. <sighs> At least there's that. Um, okay, so this one I had to bring up. If you've ever heard of Santa Margarita. Are you Pinot sad? Like, are you, 
no. the way that you said it, I was like, well, oh my gosh, this is a sad thing. This is not sad. But this is, when I think of like pop culture and Pinot Grigio, I think of Santa Margarita. Okay, I don't know anything about okay. I mean, I do know Santa Margarita because I've just seen the bottle, I don't know, a million yes, times. But a million times. I don't know anything about it in pop culture. Okay, well, and the reason I know this wine is because my parents used to buy cases of it growing up. Like, this was their <laughs> shit. <laughs> and they still love it. Yeah. They still love it. So I did some research on the history, and it totally makes sense to me now. So a little history knowledge here. So in 1979, Santa Margarita was the first Pinot Grigio on the market in the United States. Oh. So that was, so we were in 67 in Oregon, 79. Now this is technically an Italian Pinot Grigio, right? Yeah. And it ranges in the $15 plus price range. Right. So the story goes, Tony Terlato, he was sent to Italy to find the next great white wine. He found his first Pinot Grigio in a hotel in Milan. He canceled all the rest of his travel plans and drove to a town in northern Italy called Porto Gruaro. Sorry if I'm butchering that. And he found a local inn and ordered 18 bottles of Pinot Grigio. He, the owner of the inn, joined him in a tasting, and at the end of it, they decided Santa Margarita was their favorite. So the very next day, Tony met the owner of the met the owner of Santa Margarita and created the Terlato Wine Group, and became the sole importer of Santa Margarita to the U.S. And earning him the title of father of Pinot Grigio. So we have Papa Pino, and now Tony Terlato was the father of Pinot Grigio in the United States. Wow. And now Santa Margarita is like everywhere. It's, it's literally wildly everywhere. successful. And in 2013, they turned a $135 million profit. Oh my God. I think that's the right number. That sounds about right. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if anyone listening has heard of Santa Margarita, but. I mean, it's everywhere. It's in Kroger. It's in Walmart. I mean, everywhere you've looked for wine, I feel like they've got it in, like, displays. Mm-hmm. So, Santa Margarita. Fun facts there. Tony Terlato. Um, okay, so I also thought That's this... so crazy. Sorry, I'm still, like... <laughs> I was I'm, like, thinking, okay. I'm actually still thinking about it. I'm so sorry. Oh, sorry. You know, we're supposed to be having a conversation, but I'm sitting here, like, <laughs> stewing like, okay. on this information of... Just like how big that came be- and mm-hmm. how quickly, because mm-hmm. I'm thinking literally, okay, this is actually what I was thinking. I'm putting myself in his shoes, going to Italy to say, I want to bring over the next white grape. Right. How cool is that? And I want to like taste these wines and then whatever I choose I'm is going to, up. I'm going to blow, blow it up. Could you imagine? Because we can't do that these days. We can't do that anymore. Absolutely. Everything is, yeah, no. So what year was this? 1979. Well, that's when it was first on the market in the U.S. Okay. And, yeah. (laughs) That's just crazy to me. I'm sorry. I was like, I was really quiet because I was really in (laughs) that. I was like, was like, like, Wasn't that fun? No, I'm just kidding. No, it's that fun. Elena was in Milan drinking wine. I was in Milan drinking wine. (laughs) I I honestly left this room for a minute. I love it. <laughs> I think it's perfect. <laughs> Could you imagine if he had gone and tried like I don't know, like Vermentino first or like something else and yeah. now like Vermentino was every, every everybody knows every Vermentino instead of Pinot Grigio. Yeah. yeah. But no, it was Pinot Grigio that got wow. this guy. That's so and crazy. And now they're to huge. Me. So and then you think like Sorry, I just took I like str- truly went back and thought of like wow, that's history. It's really cool. And and that was 79, so my parents were drinking it in the 90s. To early 2000s or whatever. Wow. So that was 20 years after. That's your parents. Yeah, your parents are all after. about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's so crazy. fun. 
Yeah, that so is Santa that is Margarita. a very fun fact. <laughs> I think so too. So find your. I mean, try it out. I'm sure it's. I've had it. It's delicious. It's it's still very very successful. Um, okay, and then I have some statistics because I love numbers. All right. Yeah. Same. And, Give them to me. All right. So in 2013, Pinot Grigio's market value was 744 million dollars, and that was almost nine percent of the U.S. table wine market. What? Yeah. The best-selling brand in the U.S. in the five to eight dollar range. Do you want to guess? Five to eight dollar range, Pinot Grigio. Is it American or is it Italian? Uh, it's, uh, it's not sure. Barefoot. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty American. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> That's American. <laughs> Um, and then from June, that was disappointing. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I was like, it's cheap. Like, it's five dollars. Like, well, you can get some good cheap Pinot Grigio. It's true. It's true. From Italy, you can. Yes, it gets a little pricey because you have to import. But yeah. Okay. And then from June 2011 to now, Barefoot has been in the top five best-selling wines each year. <sighs> <laughs> I know we don't judge. Here. I know we don't judge, but I judge that. This is why we're here. Yeah. Expand your horizons away Please. from barefoot. There's nothing wrong with drinking it. We just recognize that there's other similar products. That are so much better. That are just better, yeah. Just flat out way better. Yeah. <laughs> and those are my fun facts. I love I it. Hope, I hope they were informative and cute. I <laughs> am still reeling on that. I know. The Santa Margarita story. How crazy, right? Tony Turlato and David Lett, the fathers of Pinot Grigio. That's really cool. To, yeah. Think so too. History forever changed. Yeah. All right, let's taste some Pinot Grigio. Hey, yo, Pinot Gris. I'm ready. Okay, so we have the two wines that we have today are the Contefini Pinot Grigio DOC Valdadije. 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 It's a mouthful. It's <laughs> <laughs> the region. It's Italian. <laughs> it's Italian. That's the region. Valdadije. Valdadije. Uh, so the Contefini Pinot Grigio VOC, or sorry, DOC Valdadije. Um, and then the second one we're super excited about. Yeah, we are. It's, a, it's, it's probably our coolest wine. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's we're definitely thus far. Yeah. Most um, esoteric so the, option we've got. I love it. So, so the Contefini, I think, uh, was, I bought it at $13, I think. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And then this Anne Decay. And space D-E space K, Pinot Gris. It's a Vin de Alsace, which is a wine. Vin is wine, V-I-N, de Alsace. So it's an Al- Alsatian Pinot Gris, which we talked about mm-hmm. and how cool that is. Yes. And when it's like, it gets really interesting and a lot more different flavors come out and textures, etc. Uh, it's 2016. And um, so we've got a Pinot Gris from Alsace and we have a Pinot, uh, Pinot Grigio from Valdadije. In uh, in Italy, the Alsatian Pinot Gris. I think I purchased this at twenty seven. Yes. So it is going to be a little more expensive. It is a hundred percent worth it. it though. It's just so fun and different. And we're in France. All sauces in France. If you forgot, but so we've got France and Italy, which are two huge winemaking regions, which is super fun. Right and huge. Like, I mean, you got the OG Alsace, oh Pinot Gris. Yeah. And this then you is have really exciting. what everybody knows, Pinot Grigio, you know, in Italy. Yeah. So um, that's where we're at. Okay. So let's Two, get to tasting. Yes. I'm very excited. Okay. So the Contefini, starting with Contefini, uh, Pinot Grigio. From Italy. Um, on the site, we're looking at the color, pale straw. Super light. Lot, very, very light. Very clear. Yes. Lots of silver. Just a bit of green, but lots of silver. Lots of silver. It's like hardly yellow. 
Like barely yellow. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. Uh, which is typical of a Pinot Grigio. Very typical. Uh, we're getting a li- very little tearing. It's kind of, it's it's coming down in sheets, mm-hmm. but actually once... More leggy now, I feel like. Yeah, it is definitely more leggy. Um, it looks good. It does look good. Uh, on the nose, well... <laughs> Not much. <laughs> <laughs> That's So two things that are going to be very typical of a Pinot Grigio. Number one... There's not a lot going on in the nose. Yes. So that means it's not a very aromatic varietal. Like Sauvignon Blanc, that, Super that episode, aromatic. totally different. Yeah. That jumps out this of the glass. One, Pinot Grigio will not be very aromatic. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is when you go to taste a Pinot Grigio, it has a lot of phenolic bitterness. Mm-hmm. On the nose, we're getting, again, like I said, not a lot going on. But but there is fruit. There's some fruit. It's just not uh, maybe the prominent right. feature. So but I'm like, getting some lime and maybe yeah, some pear. I'm with you on that. But lots of minerals here. Super minerally. Um, I'm getting a touch of a knees on the back end. Okay, yeah. And some white flowers. For sure. Calling that a day, though. Done and done. Let's taste this <laughs> wine. Mmm. Very juicy. Still very light, yeah. Very light. And juicy, yeah. I'm with you in there. Um, nectarine. Mm. I'm getting, like, some... Uh, Maybe some, like, candied lime. Yeah, I think that lime still comes through. But it's, like, sweeter. It is making my mouth water a little. Um, it does have... That bitterness is, is definitely present. Where are you feeling it? I'm feeling it both on the tip of my tongue mm-hmm. and in the back of my throat. Oh, yeah, it's, like, on the tip of my tongue. Uh-huh. So, um, that bitterness, it's a texture almost. Yeah, or a sensation, maybe. Yeah, it's, like, a sensation. That's, I like I like that. Yeah. It's, it's hard to describe, I think. That's definitely something that's... Not the easiest to put your finger on. So bitterness, we associate as not being a good thing. Right. Because, um, you know, way back when, before we had, I don't know, just general knowledge of what bitterness was mm-hmm. or whatnot, people associated bitterness with poison. So if oh, there yeah. was something that was bitter, they spit it out. Tit is gross because they associated that with any kind of poison. Huh. Um, that's cool. So that's why well, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. Because you know, coffee is bitter. Mm-hmm. IPAs are that, bitter. IPAs are bitter. It's got that that harsh like. It's like a. It's st- like a like a sting. Not a sting, but it's like a a dry sting. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough to just it's tough to describe. Yeah. If you can, if you have any better <laughs> words here, for us, let us know. But this Pinot Grigio is definitely known to have that. Bitterness. Phenolic bitterness. And so this bitterness I'm getting, and it's almost like, it, it's like if you bit into a lime pith, like mm-hmm. a, a lime peel, and like that white pith on the inside of the peel. Yeah. I'm getting that bitterness, and it's on the tip of my tongue and the back of my throat. Yeah, that makes sense. But still super light, not a whole lot of fruit shining. I'm still getting a lot of minerality. It's juicy, very mineral forward, and very bitter. And the acid's pretty It's solid. delicious. It this is, is fantastic. This is like so easy drinking. Yeah. I love it. Pinot Grigio is, it's just, Bitter is a, a good classic. thing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. feel like I talked badly. No, but. no, no. I think we, I think we did it justice. Bitter is <laughs> a good thing. I mean, if it's in coffee, it's a good thing. <laughs> That's exactly right. If it's in beer, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And wine. I mean, my three favorite beverages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, structure, I would say medium body, medium minus. I, yeah, it's like pretty it's, light. It is light, lighter. But not super crazy light. Yeah. Uh, light plus, if you will. Light plus. <laughs> <laughs> a 
ultra I'm gonna light. Say, no. <laughs> I'm going to say it's not that acidic, so I'm going to call that a medium minus. Um, we're getting some light to medium alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a dry. It has a quick finish. It leaves me wanting more, so mm-hmm. I would call this a porch pounder. Me too. Crazy. This is, I know, right? My favorite words. <laughs> and this is very typical Italian Pinot Grigio. Yeah. This is what you should expect from a nice Italian Pinot Grigio. 100%. This is, this is very well done. All right, let's move on to our Pinot Gris. Oh my gosh, the, you all. We are star, so excited. The star of the night. If you have these side by side in your, if you have two glasses right now, I mean, some maybe you're pouring one after the other in the same glass, but if, just notice the difference in color. It's yes. wild. We are drinking the same exact grape, different regions, and this one has a good amount of age on it. Yes. So it's. I just think it's so cool how different they are, but they're the same exact grape. And this is not aged in oak, but the age is still happening. Yes. Or the color, the change of color is still happening. Yeah, so when white wines age, they gain color. When red wines age, they lose color. Yes. And this one, you can tell it's like, oh if my gosh. you think that it goes more neutral, like to a neutral color. It does, yeah. yeah. They fade or whatever. But this one, look at that color. It's like, even up here, it looks even a little pink to me, but it's like it's so golden. golden. It's so golden. golden. It's almost orange. Gold, orange. Yes, it's so cool. And it still has those silver flecks. That silver secondary hue. Uh, alcohol, looking for the alcohol and the tears. Uh, it's definitely dropping down into sheets, but holy crap, look at all that alcohol. Wow. I mean, those tears, that's, we, <laughs> it looks like a city skyline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fantastic. This is, a, this is a new descriptor for us. I love it. There's so many tears and they're dropping and so they're so slowly. close together. And yeah. they're so close together. I love, I love it. it. Me too. Okay. All right, get your nose in there. This is a wild wine. Like, oh, so cool. So right off the bat, it's even a little hard to pick up the fruit. Yeah. And and again, it's not that crazy aromatic, but it's different aromas. Whew. Okay, so when we are t- thinking about fruit, okay, I'm, th- I'm getting two fruit here. Two fruit. Two fruit. <laughs> Tell me what you're getting. Candied dried apricot. For sure. That apricot. Dry, like, like... Like not a fresh apricot, dried. So if you think like they toss, you toss it in sugar. Yeah, like you know how you, you dry, get dried you, fruit and then you dehydrate the it. Store, yes, just like that. And then I'm also getting crisp yellow apple. A hundred percent. What kind of non fruits are you? And getting? there is like honey coming uh-huh. through big time. Like yellow flowers, big time for me. I'm getting a touch of spice on the back end. Yes, I mean this. These are characteristics we haven't seen in any of our wines thus far that anise that i said on the first one i'm kind of getting a little bit of that like it's almost like a i don't want to say cinnamon but it's a very warm anise on the back end whereas the first like the first pinot grigio the contafini it was more of like a bright fresh crisp anise this one is like really warmed anise Mm. so the same but different yeah yum so good you guys ready to taste this it smells sweet it does but that's probably coming from the candied apricot. It's, yeah, the characteristics of the fruit. All right, I'm tasting this wine. Mm. <laughs> so crazy. It's so good. Wow. I'm going to stick with that dried apricot. 100%. Uh, I'm also going to say the honey, 100%. Sticking with fruit, though, uh, bruised yellow apples. Yeah, I'm with you. So I'm with you. I kind of wanted to say, like, stewed yellow apples, but it, I'd still get fresh juice. So I'm going to say bruised. (laughs) 
I may or may not have just spit a little bit of wine. <laughs> it's so like Woo! yummy. You just couldn't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, my mouth exploded. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um, Notice honey that all acid, day. Though. That acid is There's really nothing. Yeah. I feel like it's not a lot, but it still it's works. It's really low. Uh, medium body, for, like mm-hmm. very medium bodied. Um, and a touch of sugar. Touch of sugar. This is that sweeter style we were talking about. Uh huh. So we talked about white flowers or on the other one. I'm getting more honeysuckle on yes, this one. I 100% agree. This I'm is still a, getting saline. Yeah. Um, and I'm so we talked about the bitterness from the lime pith on the other one, but this one I'm getting from toasted almonds. I'm getting the bitter and the bitterness Ooh. is like way more intense on the on my throat. Hmm. It's like the alcohol is enhancing the bitterness in a way. Wow. That's a good way to put it. I agree. Like it's a deeper, deeper. Oh, and those bitterness. almonds are coming through for me now that you the say toasted that. almonds. Wow. Yeah. This is a wild little wine. Very, very <laughs> cool wine. Worth the splurge, in my opinion. Hundred percent. Especially if you're looking to try something different. This may not be your patio pounder, but this is like your your cooler weather Pinot Gris. I think you could drink I this. I love in the that you weathers. said that. Yeah. I love that weathers. you said. That. <laughs> Cooler weathers. Well, there can be different kinds of weathers. It's so like true. A cool okay, fall yeah. or a cool yes, early winter. Be beautiful on a crisp fall afternoon. Honestly, <laughs> so we're past Thanksgiving, but this would be a really yummy white Thanksgiving wine. I agree. Because um, it's not overpowering. It can pair with several different items. What would you pair this with? Mashed potatoes. Okay. I don't know why, but that's what came to mind right away. I want some mashed potatoes with this. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, whatever. I want like a butter. I want like a white, flaky white fish with some buttered cream oh, sauce. I mean, that always sounds so good. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. With Maybe some mashed potatoes some, like, on the side. Nut, like a nutmeg <laughs> buttercream sauce. Yeah, that sounds delicious. I'm like, wa- my mouth is watering. <laughs> so good. Um, okay, so I think that's all we have for I the think tasting so too. session. I think these this was awesome. a really fun one. Tell us what you guys think about these. Widely different. Yeah. Please, I hope you tried them. Mm-hmm. And uh, if not, go out and buy them. I was going to say, even if them. you don't try them with us, now you know what to expect. So yeah. you can go out and see if you if you agree or disagree or if that's what you're into or not. Yep. Love it. Cool. All right, you ready for your quiz? I'm ready. <laughs> I love this part. I get always so ner- I always get so nervous, but I love it. It's exciting because you have no idea. Okay, well, I think you're gonna get this first one. Okay. Um, and I'll give you multiple choice if you want it. Okay. So, in the past decade and a half, which is 15 years, <laughs> which region's plantings have multiplied more than sixfold? Region. So we talked about this already. We did. Okay, so New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. I was like. Dang it, that's my quiz question. <laughs> but is there one in particular in New Zealand? Mm-mm. Or is it just New Zealand in general? New Zealand in general. What, was, what were your multiple choice? Chile, Canada, and Switzerland. Oh, that's fun. they do make Pinot Grigio in Canada. Yeah. yeah. They make Pinot Grigio one. in Russia, too. Oh, I bet. Or Pinot Gris in Russia. Pinot Gris. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that was kind of fun. Yeah. I never had a Russian. I don't think I've had any Russian wine. I don't think I have either. We'll have to get on that. Okay, number two. Okay. Which age group of Americans bought the most Pinot Grigio or Pinot Gris in 2018? There are two age groups that I'm thinking of. Okay. And I'm thinking 21 to 25. Okay. Or like 50 to 60. 
ding, 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 50 to 64 year old. Really? Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Which is funny because that kind of goes back into the Your Santa parents. Margarita. That's right. Yeah. I was like, I guess that totally makes sense. But I would see the 21 as well because they know Pinot It's Grigio. their parents right. telling them what to drink. Exactly. But and also the it's the very first like type of wine that you kind of learn how to drink so right too. out of co- like right and in college. it's easy to drink. It's, it's not like It's so crazy. easy to just pound, you know, yeah. like ready to go to the you know, bars or frat party, frat party or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. House party. All right. And then lastly, um, how many acres are dedicated to Pinot Grigio in Italy? I know acres is like, I don't know, but I'm really bad at this. Okay. Give me, give me multiple choice. Okay. Is it 10,000, 15,000, 25,000 or 50,000? Uh, acres. Dedicated to Pinot Grigio. I like. I don't know. I want to say fifty thousand, but I feel like it can't. I don't know. Like, always go with C. Final answer. <laughs> if your gut says, Wait, I don't know. C. Twenty five thousand. So it is fifty thousand. No, it's twenty. It's twenty five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, twenty five thousand acres. That's of a lot of freaking Pinot acres. Grigio in Italy. So you can make a crap ton of wine. Uh huh. And then, okay, so obviously Italy was a very small region, too. It is. And yes, and it was the most in Italy in the three Trentino, Alto Adige, and the Veneto. And then U.S. was next at 16,000 acres within California and Oregon. Mm. Germany was third, 12.5 thousand acres in the Rhine-Hessen Falls in Baden, Baden. I never remember how to say it. I think it's Baden, but I could be wrong. And then France was 6,000 acres, mostly found in Alsace. That's so cool. Alsace is tiny. It is tiny. So that really is saying a lot. Yeah. And then it was Australia, New Zealand, and then Hungary, Romania. Yeah. So cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Hungary, Romania, Switzerland, um, all were second after Burgundy. So in the 1300s. And it was, this is one of the things I didn't include. So Emperor Charles IV in, from Hungary, I believe. Mm-hmm. I I need to double check that, but Emperor Charles the Fourth from Hungary, he was obsessed with it, and that's what like kind of encouraged the the spread in the 1300s down to Italy too. Oh, that's so cool. it was like all from Switzerland through Hungary and Croatia and like Romania and everything, Always. all the way down to Italy. That's crazy. Yeah, which makes sense, and I'm surprised. I'd be curious to know how much um, Pinot Grigio is. In Canada. <laughs> I was like, oh, Canada makes yeah, it. Yeah, the fact that Canada makes That's it. Cool. I only makes think sense. of, when I think of Canada, I think of just Riesling, ice wine. Yeah. Ice wine and Riesling. But it's a cool climate, so it makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Love it. I love you it. You killed it. You aced it. Did I? Yeah, you really actually <laughs> did. Quiz, you really quiz. did. Yeah. <laughs> you knew all the answers. I, like, I, I went, I did a, di- a deep dive with this. Like, I really loved. I, love it. I mean, just pulling up the, you know. Yeah. And then what's, Charles what's, the fourth. <laughs> uh, next week we have Merlot. Um, right? Merlot next week. Yep. Merlot so next week. And we have our website up officially. Obviously, this is old news to you guys. Yeah. But um, we're keeping up with all of the bottles that we're drinking. Mm-hmm. So make sure to have um, just keep up with our website because all of our information is definitely on our website. We'll be very up to date on that. Um, 
We'll remind you on Instagram, too. Yeah. And Facebook, if you follow us there. Uh-huh. And uh, comment. If you don't comment on any of, like, the wherever you listen to our podcast, uh, you can definitely comment on our um, episodes on the website, too. Oh, fancy. So that's fun. So that'll be constant. And, you know, uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, always, always, always. We're here. We're here. DM us or send us an email through our contact page on our website. Um, or our email is babes, B-A-B-E-S, at betterwithwinepod.com. We love to hear from you guys. And thank you so much. We appreciate all of you so, so much. And uh, we hope that we made your evening drinking Pinot Gris and Pinot Grigio better with wine.